We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 271. We have a solo episode today. I am so excited because this is literally combining my two passions of horses and fashion. We're talking about the history of fashion in terms of equestrian sport, because as we know, there are so many brands, both mainstream and high fashion that utilize the beauty and the kind of essence of horses. There have been so many high fashion brand campaigns recently that have been revolving around horses, and I think it makes all of us equestrians so giddy and so happy. So this morning, I decided to wake up If you feel like my voice sounds weird, it does, because I literally just rolled out of bed and have a full day of lessons, so I thought I would knock this out, especially because last week, all last week, was New York Fashion Week. So my friend Connor and I actually put together a reel about all of our favorite looks from the runway this last week, especially ones that were equestrian inspired. So lots of fringe and leather detailing, buckles, cowboy hats, Chelsea boots, western details. There was amazing stuff. Typically, you see a lot on the runway from the fall and winter shows, but there was even quite a bit to show for spring summer. So The horse girl in all of us can still continue on because High Fashion Runway is covered in equestrian style. Who's ready for a little history lesson? If you look back thousands of years ago, you do see recordings and drawings of people riding horses. But obviously, the idea of horses being used as transportation have long passed, but it used to be obviously a big part of our culture and how we got things done. Historians see carvings of horses and chariots. Um, There are carvings of horses and people riding horses on Egyptian tombs. So it's really cool to see how this has been a part of our lives for centuries. In fashion today, you really see equal parts English and Western elements. For maybe non-equestrians, it's really easy to confuse the two. The Western-style riding was believed to have come into life in the mid-1600s in southwestern United States and in northern Mexico, where English-style riding originated in Europe. I read somewhere, and I think it's so cool, in the 18th century, women rode in side saddle, but they still wore fancy dresses and skirts, and they were essentially copying the jackets that men wore. The top half of women's clothes were very similar to men's, but the bottom part was the part that was different as women wore skirts. So the typical riding attire in the 1700s was kind of more of a masculine top and then a feminine bottom. 
So military influence was a huge part of the horse fashion at that time with lots of braids and buckles and gold and embellishments like that. Another big part of equestrian fashion influence was also in Europe, and that was when a lot of wealthier families would spend their summers in their country estates, and hunting was a big part of that in those country homes. So obviously a big part was food for for them to eat, but then also turned into a sport dynamic. But for hunting, there were color codes for the woolen jackets where, you know, for instance, a red jacket with black velvet collars signaled an experienced fox hunter. These English hunt coats really influenced the French, and they would often call traditional hunt coats that were cut just above the knee redingote, or if you put together the words riding coat. If you look back at the 1700s as a whole in terms of riding and fashion, the fashion really is ornate, elaborate, beautiful, and there was a turn in the 1800s. It was generally toned down when it came to equestrian fashion. Instead of dressmakers making the riding clothes, Taylor started making them for women as well as men. And towards the middle and end of the 19th century, riding became increasingly common among the upper and middle class. In the late 1800s, women started wearing pants to ride before they were just under their skirts, and both male and female riders rode in tweed jackets. Can you imagine riding in tweed every day? <laughs> I'm so glad. I love the history of our equestrian fashion. I am so happy that we incorporated some newer technical materials into our equestrian fashion. EcoGold has always been on a mission to modernize the saddle pad and improve your horse's safety, comfort, and performance. EcoGold has really continued to be at the forefront of innovation. I personally am so fortunate to be a part of a top team in the hunter-jumper world at Heslink-Williams, and we only use EcoGold's fitted pads for showing. We're in good company because Olympians like Boyd Martin, McLean Ward, Jacqueline Brooks, Jessica Phoenix rely on EcoGold pads every single day. So to get more information about EcoGold, you can visit their website at ecogold.ca. That's E-C-O-G-O-L-D dot C-A. In the early 1900s, jodhpurs became a thing. They were, they originated in... India, and they go back to the 13th century. They're a riding pant that is characterized to have wide hips to provide the freedom of movement. It was really kind of used before we, you know, have our riding pants now today that have stretchy material. So before that, they needed to have extra room for you to be able to move your legs, and so they weren't too tight around your legs and your knees and your ankles. I absolutely love doing research on this topic with both high-end labels as well as with fashion magazines, and I really like Vogue's article in 2013, Horses in Vogue, uh, from the archives, and they pulled some amazing pieces and um, the different covers that were absolutely incredible, dating back to like 1937 of horses on the cover of Vogue. 
More recently, brands like Hermes did their whole 2014 campaign about horses, and they used the coolest little horses in Iceland with a French model and super, super pretty backdrop. It was absolutely stunning. The wind was like blowing her hair and their mane all over the place, and it was kind of paired with, obviously, the Hermes leather accessories, reptile bags just absolutely stunning. Uh, Louis Vuitton did a really cool campaign in 2016, um, The Spirit of Travel, and they had all of these colorful walls, and the model was walking through them. It was very, like, geometric and beautiful, and there were always just amazing, simple horses standing in the background, and I just love the whole dynamic of it. It was very memorable. There were horses all over the Gucci 2020 Spring Summer Collection. Dior's Cruise 2019 Collection had a bunch of horses in the background. It was so pretty. It was like the concrete geometric walls with the horses as the backdrop. So, I mean, it really got me thinking, like, what real, what is it about horses that really draws fashionable people and these high-end labels to be using them in their campaigns, their photography, a lot of what their fashion decisions are in their designs. And I really feel like NSS Magazine said it really well in their 2018 article about fashion's obsession with horses. And they said, the horse has an explosive power, a complex physicality, inspires fear and respect, as well as the authority to instill silence in people, thanks to its elegance and unpredictability. A class that also in motion does not break down, leaves no room for confusion and impatience. Fashion needs to transmit these same values, which is why in this year and in the past, the horses have become the subject of many campaigns shot in a static or in the most explosive moment. Fashion needs to guarantee respect and to transmit a concrete and reflective self-image, nearly emerged with the force of the act. The symbolic dialogue between the clothes and this animal is strong, a strange relationship exploited by fashion advertisement. But it's so true. Horses are truly fashion's favorite animal. So looking back last week at New York Fashion Week and all of the fashion weeks before, for me, it is so fun to try to pull out the ways that high-end labels have pulled equestrian influence to their styles today. Uh, I could literally talk about history with equestrian fashion forever. I will keep this short. I also need to run to the barn and teach lessons, but I just love how equestrian fashion is really rooted from history and how it's seen so much in high fashion. I think it just really helps us equestrians celebrate our sport that much more, and it's so rare that a sport has, you know, such a big fashion component. Obviously, there are a lot of people who, you know, are really stylish or are, you know, athletes that are also models, but I really just think there's something special about equestrian fashion that can really be used in multiple areas of our lives. I do love the component that equestrian fashion has become more technical and is more agreeable with the athletes that we are, but being able to kind of marry the two entities of the technical athletic side of our sport 
and really holding close the classic historic way that horses became, you know, part of our lives and used to be such a big part of our culture and our way to survive. Make sure you go check out my reel from this last weekend just a couple days ago where I highlighted my favorite looks with my friend Connor from New York Fashion Week last week. It was a great week of shows. I absolutely loved it. I felt funny because I usually am live streaming horse shows and last week I was live streaming runways. So I love this life. Until next time, I'm Bethany Lee. I will leave all of the sources of where I found my information and my research from this episode and put it on my website for this episode. So it'll be on equestrianpodcast.com, episode 271. And yeah, I would love if you have any questions or want any other topics explained or hashed out more, I would love to chat with you or I'd love to make another podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.